0: our old testament reading is from isaiah 58 verses 6 through 12. listen now to the word of the lord is not this the fast that i choose to loose the bonds of injustice to undo the thongs of the yoke to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rearguard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help and he will say, here I am if you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong and you shall be like a watered garden like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. Word of the Lord.
1: Our New Testament lesson for this morning is taken from the 19th chapter of the Gospel of Luke, beginning at the first verse. Listen for God's holy word. Jesus was entering Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on the account of the crowd, He could not, because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree to see him, because he was going to pass by that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and save the lost. Friends, this is the good word of the Lord.
2: Gosh, that's a beautiful hymn, isn't that? I mean, uh, we normally sing that with the 23rd psalm. Nice to have it with the 126th psalm set to contemporary language uh, set in the time of uh, Isaiah's writing of our first lesson today. Well today uh, I want to think with you about how serious we are about our faith because I think I find that kind of question underneath all of our texts for today. How serious are we about our faith for the future of our lives in our primary relationships of life and for the world around us it's a question that was at the heart of our initiating scripture of this series of sermons that completes itself today when we heard the scripture read on the day of our 150th charter of our anniversary Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is our God, the Lord alone. So I wonder, is that true? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. We'll hear that in our charge today. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Do we? These words from the sixth chapter of Deuteronomy. Moses said, keep the words I'm commanding to you today in your heart. Recite them to your children. Talk about them when you are at home. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates out in the world. Today, in the course of our Christian keeping of time, in our Christian year, this is the day of culmination. We call it Christ the King Sunday. The Christian year actually begins next Sunday, with the season of Advent, or preparation. That's why we're doing our Advent wreaths today. But before we finish, this is Christ the King Sunday, and it's kind of a bold assertion to make in our interfaith and secularized society, because it suggests that despite all evidence to the contrary, the God we have known in Jesus is the one before whom we are all accountable, who really is the king of the universe. Our Presbyterian affirmation is that in life and in death, we belong to God. An affirmation we made as we were baptizing little Colin. That's quite a contrast with the world around us and all of our multiple affiliations. Uh, This is a great time of year because we're going to have so many students returning from college for the holiday. There's a story about uh, one young man who came home and was thinking of his sweetheart back at college, so he went into a gift card store and asked the clerk for a little help in finding a card that would express his his deep emotion for his girlfriend. So the clerk handed him the best-selling card. The best-selling card said simply, to the only girl I have ever loved. The guy looked at it and he said, great, I'll take six of those. <laughs> 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 to whom do we belong? Really? Do we belong to Christ the King? And if so, I wonder, who knows? Who knows beside the people immediately around you in your life or together with us today? According to our gospel reading that we've heard Amy read, Jesus arrived in Jericho and his reputation preceded him. There was a large crowd that had gathered to see what he would do next, including a short man named Zacchaeus. Now if you were raised in Sunday school you might have learned that song about him, a wee little man named Zacchaeus. What you may not realize is that Luke in writing his gospel was playing around with words in his story, suggesting that the man was not only short in physical stature but that he was lacking in moral character. To see Jesus Zacchaeus had to climb this sycamore tree and go out on a limb to see just who this man was that everyone was talking about. Now, I'd like you to think about a matter of perspective. Just consider this for a moment. So often we're wrapped up in our own thoughts and concerns. We see the world with our own eyes from our own perspective in such a way that we're clueless about the fact that the world is seeing us. Zacchaeus was out there climbing this tree to see Jesus. But as the story unfolds, it is Jesus who sees Zacchaeus. And so does everyone else. Now yesterday in our church Facebook page in the season of Thanksgiving, I asked if Jesus had been a blessing in your life. I want to tell you that Jesus has been a blessing in my life. And I know that the reason is that I feel Jesus sees me. Jesus has seen me from the start. And the times when I found myself most aware that Jesus sees me have been moments where Despite my height, I have felt small in stature. When I've felt out on a limb. When I've been so wrapped up in my own troubles that i thought no one really was paying any attention to me. In precisely those moments, Jesus sees me and calls to me. And I want to tell you, friend, that Jesus is calling to you on whatever limb you find yourself as you're hanging out there in your own spiritual, personal life. Jesus sees you and is calling to you. You may not see Jesus, so I'm telling you about Him today and I'm telling you about Him through my personal experience how I've seen him in my life. And you know the way I've seen Jesus is because someone made time to show me his love. And it was more than just preachers who did this. For example, there was a man who started a scholarship honoring his wife And because of that, I was able to go to seminary at a time when my college debt was too heavy. And after that, there were several other pastors that benefited from that same fund. Or I remember one time as a young father, the bills were coming in heavy. And there was a member of the church who sat me down and told me to breathe. And he helped me think through how I was going to get through my own little financial crisis and the hurdles I didn't know I could overcome. You know I've been blessed. I've been blessed and I want to live in a world that blesses others who've not known the privileges that I've known. Don't you want to live in that kind of world as well? Help someone see Jesus because Jesus sees the people in this world. Seize the least of these among us. Even we, privileged ones, who some days feel so very alone and so small. Jesus told Zacchaeus he was going to his house. The people grumbled because this low stature individual was a system-rigging shyster of a tax collector, who was in bed with the occupying Roman forces. Maybe, they wondered, this Jesus was not so impressive after all. As word was going around that Jesus might be the Messiah, God's ruler who was meant to rid the world of the Romans, but this man was associating with someone who was known to be corrupt. Why would Jesus do this? I wonder if he believed that the human heart is able to change. I wonder if he believed that this world of ours that sometimes seems so lost is able to change. Now let's draw some insight from our Old Testament lesson from Isaiah today. He speaks the word of God saying, is not this the fast that I choose? to loose the bonds of injustice in Isaiah's day God's people had begun to give lip service to faith they had been in exile in servitude in captivity in Babylon they had returned back and there was a practice of lament such as we sang in our middle hymn today But by this point, people were starting to just go through the motions, losing their way. So the prophet brought his challenge. Challenging them not just to recite the faith with fasts inside the temple, but to live out the faith on the street, where there was increasingly less evidence of faith in a God who saved people from slavery, who fed them in the wilderness, who brought them back from captivity so they could build their lives again. The prophet Isaiah challenged God's people to feed the hungry, house the homeless, clothe the cold, and more than just putting band-aids on it, he even laid out the challenge to end the oppression of the poor. So I wonder, when Jesus entered the house of Zacchaeus, was it to scold Zacchaeus for his participation in injustice and his errant ways? Or could it be that Jesus, who in the house seems to be relatively silent in the story, perhaps he had a new revolutionary way of changing the world, Indeed, Jesus changed the world with a chain reaction that began before he even arrived in Zacchaeus' home. How? By seeing this half-hearted man and by naming that he would go and pay attention to his life and his home. Jesus is teaching us to place the love of God out on the streets for all the world to see. Friends, let your eyes be Jesus' eyes to see what others are not seeing. Go to the homes of neglected and despised ones. Learn the stories of someone you might otherwise distrust, Get behind the why of how they live. And then watch the shifts that start moving in your own heart and in your own home and life and out on the streets and for the world. By the time Jesus arrived at the table of Zacchaeus in this story, a new feast was being spread to break the fast of injustice. It was a feast of love. It was the changing of Zacchaeus' heart. Zacchaeus publicly repented of his sin. He repaid any wrong that he had caused. And the thing is, the story doesn't tell us that he stopped being a tax collector. But he stopped working for himself, and he started working for the people. And that's something I pray that every one of us in each of our own vocations learns to do. Suddenly, the coin of the realm becomes grace. It is that transforming love of Jesus that is king of the world. Now, changing the world is no easy feat. And I'm suggesting it starts with small moves, but with big vision. We are uh, entering into an election season, so buckle up, friends. It's no easy thing, is it, at Thanksgiving tables to talk about such things in our families, in our congregation. It's difficult to talk about issues of justice or the wider society, and we so often cocoon in as a consequence. But a Christian needs to ask how grace and justice will be shared throughout the land. Robert Louis Stevenson famously wrote, There is nothing but God's grace. We walk upon it. We breathe it. We live and die by it it makes the nails and the axles of the universe God's grace. Friends, you and I live by the gift of God's grace and every blessing, even the gift of life itself, is a gift of grace. Are we thankful? By definition, grace is free. Not cheap, but liberating. Freeing. It overflows from your life and mine. It sets tables of abundance for all to share. It turns the lights on for all the world. Uh, And when grace becomes our feast, then we start to show that love is king. Then we become more extravagant than the most elaborate garden that Isaiah could imagine the hanging gardens of Babylon where only the elite could celebrate and enjoy their pleasures. No, now Isaiah sees God's garden that is a public garden of love available for all. What does the world see through our lives? You know uh, I'm a grandfather. I don't know if I've told you that but my uh, my grandson, Matthew, uh, he lives in a three-flat, and there's a little bay window at the front uh, of his house that overlooks the street. So uh, his mother lifts him to the window and tries to hold him back when Grandpa pulls up and he starts banging the window and saying, Papa, buy it! You know? And I wave hello to him. He, it's, that's his little perch in the treetops looking out on the world. And this year, uh, he's been determined that his family should put up a Christmas tree even though Advent starts next week and Christmas Eve is farther along but he wanted one so they put it up in the window where everyone can see his little garden Christmas tree and he loves it because he's quickly found where the light switch is (laughs) and he gets beneath it and he switches the light and says wow because he wants everyone out there to see "Wow!" the light in his garden tree. I want you to share the love of God, worshiping friends. See the half-hearted ones of life who are out on the limb. Go to their homes. Learn their story. The story of someone who's in need of salvation. Help them understand that even they can be a child of God. And then maybe the world will learn that love is king, and perhaps we can share a future with faith. This is uh, the word I deliver to you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.